Hello and welcome to episode 125 of the Beat Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Bidemi Ologunde. On this episode, I'll be talking about how technology is getting in the way of learning among young kids in middle school and high school. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So the return to in-person school brought joy to parents and students alike who were sick of dealing with Zoom calls, educational games, online homework, and all the technical glitches that came with jam-packing educational stuff into different tabs on web browsers. But yet, when kids eventually made it back into the classrooms, they discovered that many of those digital tools were actually not going away. So even when students are together in person, a teacher might start a lesson in Google Classroom or Canvas, which then splinters off into half a dozen other websites for math quizzes, science videos, or reading. For middle and high school students, different teachers might have different approaches, which all adds to the confusion. Parents and teachers say that sometimes students forget to submit their work or leave a website before finishing an educational game. Other times, the systems don't even communicate with each other, which results in assignments being marked as incomplete or missing. Many students no longer turn in paper assignments, and instead, they are expected to make digital copies. Teachers' online gradebooks don't always synchronize with these digital classrooms, which then leaves students and parents worrying over failing grades and unsure about what part of student assignments were received. So earlier this year, some school districts in the U.S. went back to remote instruction because of a surge in COVID cases shortly after the Christmas and New Year holidays. And with many other students in quarantine, digital classrooms proved to be a continuing necessity. Education experts correctly predicted that digital classrooms are here to stay and that we all need to get used to them. The reliance on tech has led many parents to buy phones for their children sooner than they would have liked to do so. Some parents bought phones for their children because of the difficulty of taking photos of remote schoolwork on devices such as Chromebooks. Interestingly, teachers have also cited the same challenges. Some students have reported struggling to keep track of each teacher's method for showing that work has been done. For example, some teachers require screenshots of physical work done with pen and pencils on paper. Other teachers check students' computers to see that work has been completed. Some teachers send parents an email each week to let them know what students should be working on, while other teachers send updates through an app. Some teachers don't even communicate with parents at all. So understandably, many parents complain that technological problems are getting in the way of learning. And unfortunately, this leads to a developing trend of rising tension between parents and educators over the role of technology in the school. Take, for instance, the case of YouTube. So YouTube is an American online video sharing and social media platform that is owned by Google. YouTube was launched on February 14, 2005, and it's the second most visited website behind Google itself. YouTube has more than 1 billion monthly users, 
who collectively watch more than 1 billion hours of videos daily. So we can look at YouTube as the lifesaver for teachers during the pandemic that continues to provide useful videos for students. On the other hand, we can also look at YouTube as the endless distraction that followed kids back into the classroom. As schools shut down due to COVID-19, school districts across the US scrambled to get laptops and tablets to students. According to survey data from the Consortium for School Network, 86% of US middle schools gave every student a device. The devices and online services made remote school possible, although many students started goofing off, wasting time, and watching YouTube when they were supposed to be paying attention and learning. Many parents expected that YouTube wouldn't be necessary anymore when their kids returned to the classroom. So as I mentioned earlier, school administrators now say that electronic gadgets have become part of the daily curriculum for many middle and high school students. According to student data analytics firm Schoolytics, YouTube is the third most popular online resource that teachers in US K-12 schools use behind Google Drive and Google Forms. So because of this, teachers don't want to block YouTube entirely. So some schools are fighting tech with tech by installing monitoring software such as Land School and Go Guardian so that teachers can turn off YouTube when it is not assigned. Others are restricting the YouTube channels that students can watch. Google, which is YouTube's parent company, has instructions on how school IT staff can actually restrict YouTube channels um, for their students. Some teachers restrict YouTube viewing to just their own computers. However, most of the available solutions typically create more work for teachers. Some school districts have come up with tech advisory committees made up of high school students, K-12 teachers, school administrators, and parents to help develop long-term plans and investigate alternatives to YouTube such as other video hosting services. So while all of this seems like good enough solutions or approaches to dealing with this issue of how tech is causing hindrances to middle school students and high school students, it's important to keep in mind that this could potentially be a a protracted problem which might not necessarily have a good solution but the important thing is to be to be aware of what this is causing and the potential things it can develop into so that at least we have an eye on the problem um like the saying goes a problem known is how solved or something like that so that's all i have for this episode 125 of the bit picture podcast Thanks for listening. The Beat Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer Sergey Gorski. Graphic design Stacy Graham. Senior producer Abidemi Ologunde. Executive producers Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde.
Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Big Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Beat, as well as on the Wisdom app at BDME. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.